Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. I'm Tom. So today we are sitting down with Jim O'Cam. He is our first Zoom-in guest. Jim, how are you doing? Hey, everybody. Hey, Happy Jim. Saturday. Hey, welcome to the show, Jim. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so Jim, uh, Tom here. So, like I said, welcome to the show. Tom, uh, this yep, is uh, we know. yeah, like I said, we or like Ron said, it's the first time we're using Zoom, so we don't have that nice face-to-face uh, cue that we can get, you know, like we have when our our guests are live here in the studio. Is it a studio? It's a studio. It's a studio. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Jim, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us, uh, tell us, and the four listeners that listen to our podcast <laughs> a little bit about yourself. Well, he's one of them, so wouldn't that oh, be yeah, three, <laughs> three others? <laughs> Yeah, we might be down to three now, but we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully it reaches two more. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Jim, Jim O'Cam. Um, live in Erie, Pennsylvania, right right off of Lake Erie. Um, been in the hobby, uh, really anything RC, but really a focus on airplanes for, boy, as long as I can remember. Started flying stick and tissue uh, planes back when I was probably five or six years old and kind of grew and evolved into RC aircraft, which I fly now. Um, anything really from, oh gosh, uh, stump planes to sailplanes to discus launch gliders, you name it. I'll, I'll give anything a shot, like building as much as I do flying. And uh, and that's how I kind of ended up here. I, I came across your podcast probably a year, year and a half ago, maybe. And listen, I, I'm apparently one of the other three listeners there. And uh, <laughs> I listen pretty often and I enjoy it. So uh, I was really excited to be invited on as a guest and uh, hope I don't disappoint anybody listening. <laughs> and, by, and by the way, that is the first mention of a discus launched glider on the show. Yeah. So congratulations, Jim. That's a first. <laughs> All right. Starting off with a bang. Yeah. Well, <laughs> teach me what that is then, because is that the one where you just kind of fling it around and you hold onto the wing and throw it? Yeah, typically. it's uh, Typically there's a little carbon fiber uh, peg installed at the end of the wing and it's it's just like the discus competition in the olympics you kind of spin around and and toss it up into the air and just the way behind and i i suppose the physics behind it allows that plane to climb incredibly fast and it can get up to about 200 feet with really not much effort on the uh thrower's end and then you just take it from there and try to keep it up there as long as possible yeah go so go hunting for thermals so it's a it's a hand-launched airplane then that goes yep. to that height. Yeah. Okay, I've got to yep. see that. That's kind of cool. Okay, so now, Jim, uh, for Ron, you're <laughs> going to have to send us a video <laughs> of you launching your discus launch glider. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Like I said, I've, I've heard of those before, but I've never really, I guess, studied them too much or looked into them too much. Is that something you can do anywhere, or do you have to have thermals in order to be able to really enjoy them? Oh, heck, you can do it. You can do it in a space the size of a small baseball field you can really do it anywhere they're they're pretty agile planes you can turn them on a dime um i'm not great at it by any means so maybe a 30 second to a one minute flight is is pretty solid for me um but yeah you don't need a lot of space you just need the effort and and willingness to get out there and try it but yeah it's a blast it's it's a lot of fun it does sound like fun and the fact that you can do it in a baseball field that's I mean, who doesn't have a baseball field close by? At least the ones that I fly are typically in the probably one meter up to maybe one and a half meter wingspan. Uh, so yeah, not a lot of space, and typically you don't land them. If you're if you're decent at the at the game, you uh, bring them in for a landing right at yourself, and you catch it. 
but uh, that <laughs> doesn't always happen for myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a true glider, though, as long as you don't catch it with your teeth, you're, you're doing, doing <laughs> yes. good. A, a true glider, though, to where it doesn't have any motor or anything on it. Right. Yep. You are correct. Yeah. Color me, color me impressed. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. Oh, great. Now Ron's going to be shopping <laughs> for something else. Hey, we so got to add that to your Toledo bit. list, Ron. Well, that's uh, already covered. Launch. Well, that's true. Under anything I can find. Anything I can find. That's that's exactly right. So Toledo, actually, this is going to come out after we have been <laughs> oh, to Toledo. True. But uh, are you going to be close enough, Jim, to to come to Toledo, or what's going on with that? Yeah, I might make the trip. I've been there quite a few quite a few years in the past. Uh, it's about three hours from me, so it's not too far down the road. I have not been there since it's been just a swap meet. So. That kind of intrigues me. And uh, yeah, if I can fit that into my my weekend schedule that week, I'll, I'll be there. Maybe we'll meet in person. If you yeah, that'd be awesome, actually. Uh, Je- actually, yeah. Jim, since I haven't actually been to the to the Toledo Week Signal show, like what it was before it became just a, pretty much a swap meet, can you describe what Toledo used to be? Like, I can't, I don't think I can do it justice. Yeah, oh man, I, I loved going to it back when it was huge and big and every vendor was there and, and there was hundreds of vendors to choose from that, that would be there. Boy, tables, just as far as you could see, I, I don't know the count, but it, it had to be several hundred tables that were set up. Um, easily spend a day, easily spend two days there. There was also a swap meet way back when as well. Um, that was typically in a separate room from all the vendors and, and the new models and new products that you could buy. Um, and not just planes, it was it really covered everything right. from I remember some small displays for RC cars, um, certainly some helicopters. Um, one of the fun events that, that I enjoyed was one of the nights, I think it was usually on Saturday night, not too far away at the Bowling Green campus. They had kind of an indoor, I think it was a football practice facility that they would open up for park flyers mm-hmm. and uh, just real small airplanes that you would watch watch everybody go fly. But all the big names for them, like Horizon Hobby, yeah. uh, you name it. Everybody was there. Futaba, anybody that you could think of was there. And like I said, it was easy to spend a day, two days or the entire weekend there. If that's your thing, man, you were in heaven. <laughs> yeah. I think they're actually, I think there's a flying event at, at, at this one too. That's Friday night. Oh, it's Friday night. Okay. Yeah. So oh. they're, they closed down a little bit, I guess, for vendors to eat. If I remember right, it's from okay. five to seven, and then and then seven o'clock is when the the flying event starts. I assume it's just in the the same uh, convention center. Is that where it used to be held? Was that same convention center then? Yeah, if I recall, it was always at that Seagate Convention Center yeah. right downtown. Yeah. Okay. And uh, like I said, they had that offsite uh, kind of a fly-in, I guess you would call it, at Bowling Green. But but the show kept shrinking each year, and. The last year that I was there, when it was actually the Week Signals event, they had an indoor flying arena that was right in the vendor display area. And it was small. It was maybe, I don't know, 30 yards by 20 yards. It was all caged in. Um, That is pretty small. A lot of like UMX size planes, like maybe like 15, 20 inch span. A lot of quads. Um, Yeah, it was okay. But it wasn't what it was ten years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, well that's sad. It it is sad. Um, we've we've talked about it on the show a number of times. You know, the number of, well, just in in the tools we used to talk about that you can't buy anymore just because these small companies come and go, and you know the the economic environment has a lot to do with that, and the fact that you can buy anything now from somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
uh, which is unfortunate. But yeah, it used to be yeah. in, in the show's heyday. And the same for the Chicago Model and Hobby Show. I used to go to that one all the time. Um, yeah, just a, just a gradual decline in attendance by the people going to the show and then also a decline in the um, companies that were represented at the shows too. It's a shame. Well, quit being so depressing. Well, I mean, come but on. I mean, we're, look we're what gonna... it's turned into, though. Now it's this huge, huge swap meet that everybody can enjoy. So, there you go. That's you a go. positive spin on How it. How about putting a positive, positive <laughs> spin on that? And I did hear. I just, I just actually saw this morning that there's going to be some, some vendors there as part of the swap meet. Right. Not selling used planes and and such, but yep. selling some new products as well. So maybe it's kind of morphing back to what it once was. I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah, I, I, I saw that too. They actually have a list of uh, of uh, vendors, I guess, sponsors. I think they're called. No, they're called, yeah. oh, they're, they're called they're vendors, vendors now. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was um, I was looking at that. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that it's sort of turning the corner and heading back the right direction. I want to say there's at least 20 or so that I saw yeah. last time I looked. I looked yesterday and there was a, a couple more that were added. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Willie Nillies is on there now. Oh, sweet. He'll be there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it'll be kind of cool to see all them. Yeah. Well, hopefully by the time this um, airs, we will have already spent our budget on really, really neat stuff. <laughs> We, we we will have actually. All right, so Jim, um, before I before we break into the into the questions that uh, that we try to ask all of our guests, um, I have to comment on your workspace. You were kind enough to send us pictures of your of your workspace, and I got to tell you, I am super jealous. Now, yeah. I, I've seen the pictures too, and I kind of think they're staged. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there is no way you can use that sander on carpet and not have a mess. Like no matter what I do, I always create such a, a just dust that goes everywhere. I don't know what you've done, but that, that is gorgeous. You, yeah. It's a really beautiful, nice beautiful shop. shop. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's um. so we, we just moved into this house about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. And that was my one ask uh, that when we moved in that, <laughs> that I had a workshop, I had been without one for about eight or nine years or so and was, doing like a lot of folks do working at the kitchen table, building stuff and making a mess out there. And uh, so we moved in here and that was, that was priority one for me getting that set up. And yeah. man, I just love it. It's a, uh, it doubles beautiful. as my work office. So I'm down there probably a good eight to 10 hours a day. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's also your workspace, your workspace. It workspace. Is. Okay. Yeah, I work from home. I would love to work around my airplanes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Just Take a break, look at an airplane, you know. it keep you entertained and yeah. going all day. That's awesome. You're 100% correct, and <laughs> it, it really does. It's it's really awesome. I mean, I just, I absolutely love it. I love what I do for, for a living. I, uh, that helps. Well, I can tell you, I, I sell sell medical supplies and, and vaccines for a, for a large uh, medical distributor. But I, I love what I do. But just to add that aspect to it is, man, it's it's wonderful. I just love being down there. It's super, yeah. and I, I do. It's a. You're right. There is a large sander right there, and uh, <laughs> it is carpeted. But I just I use a shop back a lot. Well, Ron, Ron is uh, is always quick to to point out the details, and it's it's funny how that caught his eye. But the the number of um, airplanes and the cleanliness of the of the workbench is is what got my eye. I'm just super jealous. So my shop is an atrocious mess, as it always <laughs> is. Like, it feels like no matter what I do, if I walk away for, you know, because so my shop that I actually do, like, woodworking and that kind of stuff and not hobby-related is in another outbuilding. And it's like no matter what I do, it does not stay clean. And that just 
like I am floored by how nice your setup is. <laughs> that's that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jim. If well, it's thanks. okay with you, maybe we'll uh, we'll share one of those photos on our uh, on our page so folks can maybe see what uh, what we're what we're talking about and maybe what they can aspire to to have their <laughs> shop look like. Maybe <laughs> by all means, they're welcome to. <laughs> right. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll put that out there so the other three listeners can see it. You're starting to hurt my feelings. There's more than three. There's like seven. I'm just seven. teasing. I'm just teasing. There's like seven. <laughs> nice. So, okay. All right, what, here we go. What everybody comes here to to know the answer to is the question of what's your number? Yeah, my number. So it. I had to do some math and uh, do some counting for that one because I never really thought of that before. I think my wife has asked me that before. But um, you oh, all, sure. You always round down with, with <laughs> yes, that one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> they seem to keep coming out of the basement somehow. But yeah, I came up with a number of 24. And That's uh respectable. I can, yeah. I, yeah, thanks. I can break that down a little bit. 18 are fully ready to go and they're ready to fly, just have to charge a battery. Mm-hmm. Uh two are ARFs that are still in the box, and four kits are down there that are that are ready to build. So so nice. going back to the Toledo thing, my queue <laughs> is not that large. So it could be a productive trip. Uh, yes, yes, I like the sound of that. Um, yes, yeah. So I'm. Uh, you were kind enough to also to send us a, a list of of your you know with your number kind of broken down. And I'm going through the list, looking at the airplanes that um, that I might like to have someday. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm seeing. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of electric here. Yep, hundred percent electric. Um, yeah, never never really tried the gas. Uh, one kind of a funny story back probably when I was like 19 or 20 I, I worked with a person and uh, we de- it was around Christmas time and we decided to buy each other Christmas gifts for just a random reason we weren't dating anyone and <laughs> okay we were just feeling kind of down so we decided to just make a list and give it to one another and we'd go out and buy each other Christmas gifts so my list happened to be the first RC plane I ever I ever owned I guess and it was a SIG cadet senior Oh, and, yeah. uh, and that was gas powered. Mm-hmm. So I got that, I built that, but never flew it. So uh, I don't really recall what I did with that, but I never did fly it. I just kind of stumbled with the whole gas aspect of it. Um, but yeah, since then, it's been 100% electric. Yeah, that's very, it's a very good way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nitro is just so dirty. It's so smelly. Right, well, we okay, go. it smells good, actually, I guess I'll, I'll give you that. But it's just, it's, it's a pain. You it's know, not a pain. I have I have seen many times we've been out at the field and you have been tinkering with a nitro engine that you could not get to run, and I don't have to deal with that with electric. So. I'm not saying it can't be frustrating. It can be frustrating, but usually, <clears throat> excuse me, usually um, once I have succe- successfully tuned said engine, I'm way happier for doing it. <laughs> so there. But uh, I, I see the process of getting there when you're not way happier. <laughs> You do, like, <laughs> you do focus on the negative, Ron. I do not. <laughs> Gosh. So a lot of E-Flight UMX stuff, those are actually fun to fly. Um, yeah, that you've got the Radian there. That's a that's a pretty fast glider, if I recall. Oh, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll get around. Uh, I have the UMX version, and I have the Night Radian version. Uh, yeah, they're both pretty relaxing, just kind of fun to pull out on a calm day and see how long you can keep it up in the sky. Those are, those are nice. I enjoy sailplanes. Those, those, mm-hmm. That's Kind of what I started with. That was my very first plane. Was a sailplane, and 
um, they've just kind of stuck. I, I like the relaxing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. All of mine are rudder and elevator controlled. No ailerons even on on any of the sailplanes that oh, I okay. oh, except the Concendo. The Concendo has uh, uh, ailerons, but oh, okay. other than that, yeah, other than that, all of my sailplanes are just rudder and elevator. Yeah, so, nice so I'll quickly go down the list here real quick. So E-Fly Concendo, you already mentioned that one. Uh, a yeah. Goldberg Sophisticated Lady, that goes back a ways. Uh, oh, the, yeah. The Hobby Zone Super Cub, a Dynaflight Butterfly also goes back a ways. Uh, I used to have one of those, believe it or not. Stevens Arrow Square One, what's that? Stevens Arrow, they're, a, I would say, a pretty small company. They're usually in Toledo. Um, okay. It's a father and his very young son. He's probably 12 or 13 years old, usually man the boots. And uh, gosh, they have maybe 30, maybe 40 planes on their website. Uh, I think they're, I think it's stevensarrow.com. Don't quote me on that one. But um, yeah, some really unique planes. All of them are laser cut. Uh, You have to build them. They're all kids. Um, And this one, the square one is, they refer to it as a motor glider. So it's about a 40 inch span, about a, seven to 10 ounce all up weight. Uh, that's with the battery. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, just a real slow going, cool. super easy to build plane that you can just glide around forever. So they're, they're, um, Steven's arrow. Those are kits. Yeah. All nice. kits. I don't okay. think any that's, that's ARF or, or pre-built yeah. nothing foam, all balsa, um, really impressive engineering on them. Uh, really great designs, really unique designs that you just, nobody else makes ones like like they do not that i've seen anyways i see that's up my alley i'm gonna have to check them out because i get i don't want to say sick and tired but you see the same thing over and over and over again i like unique airplanes Mm -hmm. that's what draws me to certain airplanes that you just you see this in one spot and it's like okay well i want to buy that one then (laughs) so yeah that's awesome i'm gonna have to check them out yeah we'll definitely uh give that a visit hope uh maybe they'll be at the at the show yeah yeah they may be they're there last time i was there and uh Boy, great customer service, super friendly at the booth, um, had a ton of planes for sale. Um, real nice company that I, li- I like supporting a lot. Awesome. Sweet. All right, so moving on, we've got a great planes yardstick. Everybody probably knows what that is. E-Flight PT-17, the P-51 from E-Flight. Uh, you've got one of those new Timbers. How do you like that thing? Uh, the Timber is great. The UMX, uh, my brother has a full-size Timber, equally fun. They're just... Uh, <laughs> Man, they're simple to fly if you, if you want them to be. You can just put it in safe mode, and boy, anybody can do that. But then you flip it off safe mode, and that thing will do anything you want. And nice. it's just charge the battery and go. It, <laughs> those are a blast. That was a awesome. great design and great idea by, uh, I guess, Horizon or E-Flight, whoever actually designed the plane. Yeah. But hats off to them. Great plane. Cool. Uh, so we got a UMX GB. Is that the red and white one? Yeah, exactly. Yep, nice. little uh, flying. I don't know a lot of names for <laughs> a it. flying engine. That yeah. thing's a handful. Even even with safe mode and everything, that thing is. Boy, that um, that's been in a tree or two too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're we getting got to it that. Back, but that one, <laughs> man, that that's just a a challenge to fly every single time. <laughs> well, I I don't like to hear that because I currently have a, a forty. Uh, nitro size uh, GB on the table, getting ready to fly. Uh-oh. So hopefully uh, I don't have that kind of. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that. Uh, all right, so moving on here, we've got the UMX Yak. Uh, Ron, you have one of those. I do not. The oh wait, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. just got the the profile one. Is that the one you're talking about? Oh. 
Yep, that's what this is. Yeah. Oh, no, the profile. Okay. That's the All that's right. the SU twenty six. Oh, that's right. That's the Sukhoi, not a yak. Sorry, my bad. Uh, Night Radian, the Radian UMX, uh, Night Vapor. Ron, you have a version of that, right? I have the, the, try I the Mini Vapor. Down, or you I don't fly have the Night one. I can't, yeah. Uh, oh, another Stevens Arrow, uh, Newport. What is Tune Scale? What does that mean? So Tune Scale, I don't know how they define that, but it's, um, boy, it's almost like a comical-looking airplane. It's, uh, it's based on... In this case, the 1911 Newport, it's based on that, but uh, they add some really neat touches that that make it look comical. So okay, so the so they exaggerate the proportions and make it look like a cartoon. I got you. Okay, exactly. They add a little uh, cutout for the pilot that's in there, which which makes it a lot of fun looking at that one flying. And they're they're really small. Um, they use all the electronics from the small UMX planes from a uh, horizon. Oh, okay, so all of those electronics go into that plane and they're, gosh, maybe, maybe a 15 inch span at best. So it's for dead calm or indoor flying. They weigh probably three ounces or less, uh, but a really fun kit to build even over the weekend, um, maybe stretch it out to a week if you'd like, but yeah, I enjoy those. I built quite a few of those over the, over the years. It sounds cool. We'll have to check those out too, Ron. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hobby Express, uh, Miss Butterfly Junior, E-Flight Elusive 2.2 meter sailplane. Yeah, I'm seeing a theme. Uh, Great Plains (laughs) Fundango kit and a ready-to-fly version. Yeah, I've built that Fundango probably about four times now. Um, Crashed it (laughs) twice. (laughs) That's a a hard one to fly for me anyways. That's a doozy. (laughs) Is that anything like the the uh, the tango? Remember the tango? I think Hara or maybe it was a Hangar Nine did a tango, and we called it here anyway. We called it the Wango Tango because you couldn't. It, when it was on the ground, it was really extremely difficult to handle. But once it was in the air, it wasn't okay. so bad. Uh, but that was you know, what you're describing reminds me of that airplane. Got it. Okay, so a GWS <laughs> slow stick. We've talked about those. Uh, a Stevens Aero stick. So they apparently do their own version of a stick. Uh, Skybench Mini Olympic 2, I guess, I'm guessing that's a glider. That is, that's a kind of a new company rejuvenated. It's, um, a company called Skybench. The owner, I believe is Scott Black. Um, unbelievably friendly guy. Um, great customer service. He'll be at Toledo this year, actually one of the vendors there. Um, the Olympic was a kit from, I want to say the eighties, um, early 80s maybe and i i believe this scott bought the company just recently and now he's reproducing all these kits in laser cut form and this is the mini version of the original olympic the original olympic was a two meter sailplane this is maybe one and a half meters give or take and uh it's a kit uh no power in it so you would use a high start to get it up in the air i think that's going to be next on the bench as soon as we get the the shop back up and running cool uh, it is building season. Uh, okay. It is. We got a Sig Rascal. Which which size is that one? Uh, it's the 400 motor size. It's an older kit. Um, it's probably about another 40-inch type wingspan on that one. Pretty small. Yeah, it should be a good flying airplane. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Real fast, real zippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun to fly. Yeah, Reggie Reggie likes the, the Rascals. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a Sig Demoiselle. Okay, I'm familiar with that mm-hmm. one. Uh, E-Flight Exvert VTOL. Have you have you been successful in flying that one? Yeah, it's weird. It's just one of those, <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's a flying triangle and it's, 
I don't know. It's bizarre. It was on sale for like 20 bucks at the local hobby shop. Oh. And I grabbed it and had a battery that fit. So we run with it. it it's cool. It's something different. That's all. It, it definitely is different. I The ones I've seen, I, sh- I shouldn't say fly, the ones I've seen attempted to fly, <laughs> uh, when they're in the air, they're actually kind of a challenge to for orientation. For me, anyway, they were a little bit of a yeah. challenge. Well, you're getting oh, yeah. old too, so it's well, kind of hard to see careful. things far away. Jim's right behind me, Ron, so you be careful. <laughs> but he's behind you, so it's okay. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we have a Laser Arts QF2 uh, DLG. That's Discus Launch Glider. Look Correct. at me learning. Uh-huh. I, I, I put that yeah. together too. All right, well, that's a good list. Uh, very respectable. I'm. I. I will admit that. I am a little disappointed that there's no nitro or gas on there, but that's okay. I am not. There's a lot of balsa on there, which is thumbs thumb, up. Thumbs up for me, yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank yeah. <laughs> so when when did you get in the hobby? How did you start? Well, like I said, it, I got in into it with stick and tissue and the rubber powered models. Um, I was probably five or six years old. My uncle Joe got me into it. Uh, a lot of folks in my family were, were into it. Um, a lot of uncles back then. My uncle Joe, my uncle Ted, and my uncle Howard, they were all into small airplanes, large airplanes. My uncle Howard flew uh, trainers in, in the military. He taught pilots how to fly back in uh, just after World War II. So, wow. so a lot of folks were, were involved in that. Um, so I started with these little stick and tissue models, uh, was a member of our local I think it was called the Flying Aces Club back when I was that age and used to go to those meetings with my Uncle Joe and just awesome memories of that. And just, man, I just loved it. Just for whatever reason, fascinated by being able to build something that can fly. And I just thought, and I still do think that that's just one of the coolest things there is. And I just love it. So started with those and um, probably in my teenager years, I moved more to RC cars and and things like that. I thought that was pretty neat, but always kept building the planes. And then probably in my mid to late 20s or so, and I'm 52, 51 now, I'm sorry. Uh, probably <laughs> in my mid to late 20s, I, I started to get back into the RC stuff, uh, or I started to get into the RC stuff and just haven't looked back yet. I just love it. Just, it's my thing. And it's, it's the thing that I do to relax and forget about everything else and still fascinated by it and still love it. And and I couldn't agree with you more. There's the, in my opinion, there's, <clears throat> there's not much out there that's cooler or neater or more awesomer than, <laughs> than putting an airplane together or building a kit or whatever. And then watching that thing fly. I mean, that's, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I just, I love it when I, when I do that. And even at, at my age now, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 or 30 years when you finish that kit and you go out there and you fly it and you watch it flying up in the air, your, your heart's beating and you're so nervous you're going to crash the thing, but you're mm-hmm. so proud of what you just accomplished and did. I just will always think that's one of the coolest things there is. And I, I love it. Yeah. And that's, and that's really awesome that, uh, that you had family uh, to sort of help you get started, which I think might be a first for the show too. Like yeah. all the rest of us got, you know, kind of, introduced to the hobby either on our own or my case by a neighbor or whatever, but having, having that a family influence. So does your family still uh, participate with you? Any of your family? So all those uncles that I just that I just mentioned, they've all passed away. They were, they were a bit older. Um, My brother, he's involved with it a little bit. He has a few of the e-flight foam airplanes and he'll come over to the house and, and we'll fly those here and there. But yeah, for the most part, it's, it's just me. 
And that's fine. Um, I try to pass it on to my son and, and I have a stepson also, and I, I would love to see them get involved in it, but yeah, not right now. It's, it's so, it's so difficult. Like there's not a lot of people that I have met that have been able to pass it on to their kids. Yeah. It's just, I don't yeah. know what makes it so difficult for, and maybe it's because whatever dad does is never cool. Like I understand that because yeah, you're maybe. around it so much. So it's not like a, yeah. I don't know, but I've it's been it's unsuccessful difficult. too. I, I tried yeah. to get my kids. Yeah. I, that's a fairly common. As common have I, theme, it's I been think, terrible. So. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I'll try with yeah. Piper a little harder. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, she has the right I'll name. Add, I know. I'll add something about one of my uncles that I uh, that I mentioned. There was my uncle Ted. He uh, he lived across the street from us as I was growing up, and I guess it was maybe about twenty years ago or so. I was visiting my my mom and my dad, and uh, he called me over to his house, and and I walked over there, and he said I wanted to show you something. And right, I knew he was. He, I, I knew he enjoyed airplanes, and I knew he built some models here and there. Well, he brought me down to his basement, and he was building in his basement. This was not a big house by any means. It was your a very average ranch house. And he took me down in the basement, and wouldn't you know it? He had, I think it's a 1928 Petenpole full scale airplane that he had started in his basement. In the basement. <laughs> In his basement, he had the wing fully built, and this took up almost the entire length of his house. And he said, don't tell anybody, especially Nancy. That was his wife. <laughs> so was that not thought through? Like, how do you get it out? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I have no idea what his thinking was. I, I, have, I, I couldn't even guess. But, man, I just thought that was, that was one of the neatest things I ever saw and, and probably one of the most difficult secrets to, I would think, keep from to keep, yeah. everybody. <laughs> oh, that's. But he never did finish it. I think he he sold it to somebody in Kentucky. Um, and how they got that out of the basement, I that's a great question. I have no wow. idea. That's, that's kind of amazing. Actually. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a home built airplane. I mean, but we don't have truly, to build it in yeah. the home. I guess. Well, yeah, I suppose. Like I've got problems getting some of the airplanes out of the basement here, like going around corners <laughs> and stuff. I can't yeah. imagine a full size. Yeah. Wow, that's that's funny. Um, so do you belong to like a flying club or anything like that? Or is it just all off of your, your home property? Yeah, I don't, um, for a short time, um, boy, and I can't even think of the name of the club that's close here. I think it's the flying Eagles. Uh, I might be wrong on that one, but yeah, I belong to them for a short time. And, uh, just never got really involved with it. Um, probably for the past 20 or 30 years, we, we had a couple local fields that, that I would usually go to, um, that were, you know, kind of quiet and set apart from things. But again, we moved into this house about a year and a half, two years ago now. And man, fortunate enough that we have about 13 acres that's dead flat and it's all mowed. And I kind of carved a little runway into the backyard just by lowering the grass a little bit there. So, yep. so now we just come right out the back and, and fly here whenever we want. And it's, it's perfect. It's, it's just awesome. Yeah, see, that's kind of how it is here, too. We have enough room for smaller planes, nothing, mm -hmm. I'd say 40 size and below. I wouldn't go with anything bigger, yeah. like 40 size Although airplanes. you did rat me out on the episode with Reggie about flying your larger than 40 size biplane off the road. Thanks very much. Well, that's not, <laughs> okay, yeah, you'll have to catch that one. That was, we were talking about bad places to fly and Tommy kind of. We, but we, it's nice to have. We, it's nice. To, I'm going to change the subject. Well, so hold it's on. Nice. Let's let's explain because he hasn't heard it yet. So long story short, it was my birthday like nine years ago now. Um, and my what was that? What airplane was that? Why can I not remember? 
Super Skybolt? The Super Skybolt. Um, a gasoline-powered, 15cc little gas-powered airplane. Uh, Tommy decided to fly off of the highway. At someone's request. Yeah. And? <laughs> but anyway, so he flew it off of the, the highway, and that was that's probably the biggest plane that's been flown here. But off my grass runway, 40 size or blow is kind of what I stick yeah. with. And the reason we belong to a, a club... Um, really is convenience for flying the bigger stuff. Yeah. If it, if it was the fact where I had more room here or, you know, didn't have a bunch trees. of trees around mm-hmm. or lived by a farm to where it was all right. open land, yeah, I probably wouldn't belong to a field either, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's hard to beat the convenience. I'll say that. Yeah. It's so nice just to walk outside. You can do that of an evening. You don't have yeah. to load the car up. You don't have to... You know, make sure I brought everything with me. Right. Well, especially electrics. I mean, that's the that's the one of the beauties of electric is you just charge battery, throw it in there, and walk outside and yeah. give it a toss, and off you go. So that's pretty cool. So I've yep. got to ask to try and make Tommy feel a little bit better. <laughs> Do you have any interest or any thoughts of trying in the future a nitro airplane? Uh, so no, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Good for you. Good answer. <laughs> and that doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm going to hold my ground on that one. I have a couple of nitro, uh, RC cars and those are fine. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, they're just finicky. They're, um, they're on the ground. So there's not going to be any bad things happening if, if that motor stalls, but yeah, it's going to stall up in the air and I'm going to lose that plane. I know I am. Well, I'm just going to stick with it. I, I, I will I will defend nitro airplane motors a little bit. Um, so I've had nitro cars too, and they are a lot more difficult to tune and tune right than it is for a nitro airplane. Yeah, I, I think so. I've I've had you know I've, I've had all of it, and um, yeah, I would say that an airplane is a little more forgiving on on the needle settings than. A nitro car. Yeah. They, but I agree with Jim, you know, an engine that's not tuned well on the ground is not near as much of a risk as one that's not yeah. tuned perfectly, you know, in the air. So I get it. I, I really do. And I don't fault anyone for not oh, wanting to do not. nitro. I'm yeah. just old. I'm old school. That's how I learned. <laughs> I learned from like right off the bat how to tune them and, and maybe not correctly, but I learned, you know, over if time. it works. And it's just, you know, it's just uh, to each their own. And I certainly don't fault anyone for going electric because, man, they are super convenient. Well, see, like with with the electrics, the, the size of airplanes, Jim, that you have, those are perfect airplanes size-wise for batteries. Like if you get too right. much bigger than that, it's it gets to be, uh, I don't want to say a pain because electric isn't a pain, but it gets to me or to be more in-depth. Yeah. If you get too big with sure. a battery and all that kind of stuff. Well, so. now I'll be honest, like the, those big, the really big, like six cell, you know, 8,000 milliamp or whatever it is, those batteries scare me. <laughs> I mean, they really do. They well, have so much potential energy in them that if, if you don't handle them just right, if that goes off, I mean, it's taking your whole house with it. Well, oh, let's not be a little overdramatic on it that. It can. It can. But so. if you treat them well, they don't just go off on their own. That's true. That's so true. they're they're very safe if handled properly. Hey Jim, I meant to ask you, when you started flying, did you think you would end up with twenty four airplanes at one time? No, <laughs> those first, I don't know, five to ten years of of getting into RC, I had typically one airplane at a time, and I, I flew that until it crashed, and then I would buy another one, and 
and I would replace it. And <laughs> I was not very good at flying at all those first few years. <laughs> so I, I never thought I'd turn into this at all. Not at all. And that, that happens when you start out. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to get it sometimes, but once yeah. you get it, it's just, it's so satisfying. I think, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I wasn't able to fly a plane with ailerons probably for the first, I don't know, 10 years that I got into RC, I stuck with rudder and elevator. I kept it super simple and I still crashed with some of those things. Um, but now I'm, I'm good. I, I can, I can handle pretty much whatever plane is up there. Um, it might not be beautiful, the flight, but I'm probably not going to crash. It yeah. was due to pilot. So that's where I wanted to be the whole time. And I, I think that's where I am now. And so I'm, I'm pretty content with that. But yeah, never thought I would be a 24-ish <laughs> airplane. <laughs> not, not even close. Yeah. Well, I get that. I like. I ask myself sometimes, how, where, how did I get here? Like, why do I have all these? Well, <laughs> and then I start looking at. I was like, well, I don't want to sell that one. I like this one because of this. And then I look at another one. It's like, well, I can't get rid of that one because I like it because of that. Or well, they're all cool. Yeah, they really are. I mean, like they all have their own special neatness about them, and that's why you bought them in the first place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Something exactly. to them. Yep. And it's some, probably something that no one else would really understand other than maybe yourself who yeah. actually went out and bought those for whatever reason. And, <laughs> and maybe like, you know, folks like us, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you guys and myself, and we kind of understand that. But yeah, for the most part, folks don't understand why you would have 24 airplanes when they all <laughs> kind of do the same thing. But and that's very true. I yeah. mean, they, they do kind of do the same thing, yeah. but they don't. And that's, that's the problem. <laughs> but I mean, they do everyone, it in different ways. Right. Yeah. You, you get <laughs> the same result, but it's a little bit different path getting to it. And they, I mean, they all fly their own way and they're all just, they're fun little toys to play with. Jim, you mentioned, you mentioned that, uh, that when you started out, you, you said yourself and so don't hold it against me. You said you didn't fly very well. So does right. that that means you you crashed a, a bit? I'm I'm assuming. Do you have any one crash story that you like to tell your buddies? So there's one that comes up, and it's between me and my brother. It comes up, I don't know, a couple times a year, give or take. I had I had bought him his first RC airplane. I think it was a, a wedding gift for actually being in my wedding. So I bought him a, <laughs> a model, nice. and yeah. it was an ARF. So he just had to kind of get it put together and install a radio and. I had one also at the same time. It was my first one. It was, I think it was a Thunder Tiger Windstar and it was an electric two meter sailplane. Um, it flew with a giant NICAD brick of a battery. And it was, man, if, if that thing ever got over 50 feet in the air, that was, that was a pretty good day. It was just way too heavy and just did not fly well. But, um, but we were flying one day at a field and he had taken his up he brought his down. He landed. He was probably 20 or 30 yards away from us, left his plane there. He, it was my turn. We would kind of alternate flying and trying to catch a thermal. So he left his plane there. I took mine off and I flew around for maybe two or three minutes and was bringing it in for a landing with no possible way that I could hit his plane being where it was 30 <laughs> yards away. Man, my plane was drawn to his like a <laughs> magnet and <laughs> it just crashed right into it and uh, took both of ours out, sliced oh. his right in half. And mine was just damaged beyond repair. And I, I couldn't do that today. I couldn't hit a smaller <laughs> and 
30 yards away, a hundred bucks was, was yeah. on the line for it. It's surprisingly difficult to intentionally fly into, and when they're flying, I'm talking about like to fly into another airplane. We've tried it. Mm-hmm. Like we have these yeah, little foamy yeah, F-22s yeah. that we've tried it with, and it's not as easy as it sounds. No. So no, you were able no. to, you were able to take out two planes with one, uh, with one whack and uh, probably yep. couldn't uh, repeat it again. Yeah, that's a, that's a good story. And one being stationary. Yeah, the look on yeah. his face was priceless when he saw <laughs> I can imagine. That's that awesome. was a fun ride. Yeah, that was good stuff. I've lost a few, of course, like um, probably anybody has. We've mentioned trees before. Lost quite a few in trees. And I had one that just, I don't know what happened. The radio lost signal or something went awry and it just, kept going in a direction that that I didn't want it to go and I have no idea where that plane ended up but <laughs> it's 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 been a little while since I've lost a plane due to a crash so knock on wood it's, it's funny you should mention it's that it's still flying yeah it's still flying somewhere <laughs> it caught a thermal and yeah now it's now it's somewhere in space i don't know <laughs> <laughs> wow uh so okay so we talked about your list of airplanes um yeah what is, what's the one airplane you always go to? Like, okay, this is the one I fly most because, and why? Mm. Um, probably my favorite airplane that I have is that Carl Goldberg sophisticated lady, that, uh, that sailplane, two meter, um, just use a high start to launch it, no electric power or anything. Just love that one. That was uh, one of my first airplanes uh, that I had built way back when, and I probably built it I guess this is my third go around on it. Just love the looks of it. Um, it flies great. If you can catch a thermal, you could have it up there for an hour or so. That, that's probably the, the prettiest plane that I have. The, the Concendo from E-Flight, that's probably one that I grab, I would say, pretty often. Um, in fact, I just flew that the other night. First time I've been able to fly in probably about six months with the winter that we had. Uh-huh. And so that was the first one that came out this year. And that that's great. That's just a fun zippy flyer that um, you can do some basic aerobatics with it. And it's relatively fast. So it's, it's pretty cool to see up there, but I'll tell you my favorite plane, and, and this seems goofy, but it's, it's probably that great planes yardstick. It's a, <laughs> I don't know. It's a 35 inch park flyer. It's just a stick with a wing on it. Um, super simple design. One of the first like electric type planes that was a like a park flyer that came out probably 30 years ago, nice. 20 years ago, maybe. Um, I don't know why, but that one is just stuck with me. And I, I built that one twice. It's, it's an ARF <laughs> the way you get it. I found it on eBay a few years ago and um, brought that one back to life. And um, I don't know why that one is so much fun <laughs> to me, but it really is. I love the looks of it and it's easy to fly so I can hand the radio to, to, to my son or my stepson and, and they can fly it around. And I don't know, that's just a blast. And that's yeah. what it's all about. It's, exactly. just, it's fun. I don't care if it's like a jet or fully aerobatic or a fully scale airplane. It's just whatever you have fun with. And, and man, that's the one that I have a ton of fun with. It's a blast. Yeah. Sometimes the slower ones are more relaxing and more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not opposed to grabbing a, a chair and sitting down while I'm <laughs> flying and just watch it buzz around. I mean, that's I, that's fine. It's, I have I never, just love being out there watching them fly. I have never sat down when when I was at the controls. Hmm. Never? No. I don't think I have either. Well, I've sat on the table before and flown from the table. Have you? Yeah. See, I don't. I don't think I've ever done that. Yep. 
Maybe I should bring a chair out there. It might be more fun. Yeah, maybe. Well, Jim, do you guys ever fly sailplanes? Any at all? Um, I'm going to say not yet. I, yeah. So I've I've flown, you know, Dave, mostly Dave Taylor's uh, here and there. Okay. And uh, I, I'm i intrigued by them. Uh, but I, being a nitro guy, I like that noise, you know. So mm-hmm. usually I, I prefer to have something with a propeller on it making noise. But, but well, uh, no, Dave, I... I was gonna say Dave's are all powered, right? Not all of them. I think he's got a couple of them that he that he hand launches and finds I've never thermals seen and however all that works. But we should use the Telemaster as a tow plane and totally get our, can. and I get mean, ourselves got enough a, horsepower. Yeah, we, now, we should, anyway. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. I'll well, put a tow hook on it. I know it's coming up. I'm gonna have to try that sometime. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's another part of the hobby I've not absolutely. been in. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know anything about it. And it would be sound. I mean, it sounds fun. Yeah. It would be something cool to try. And there's a little bit of a. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jim. But there's a little bit of a challenge uh, when you're flying a glider too, because you're out there trying to. You want to try to make your flight as you know as long as as you can, you know, because who probably get bored with one to two minute flights at a time. So you go out there <laughs> and you challenge yourself to find a thermal, and then that sort of teaches you about air currents and things like that. And you know, once you kind of get in a groove, you know what you're looking for on every, on any given day that you're flying, you know, your gliders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, with an electric motor assisted sailplane, it makes that a lot easier because if you don't catch that thermal, you just hit the throttle and you climb back up. But when you have those, like the sophisticated lady or this mini Olympic two that I'm getting ready to build, when those don't have that electric motor in there and you're fully relying on those thermals, um, yeah, it's definitely a challenge. And to be able to keep one of those up, that's, not power assisted if you can keep that up for a half hour or an hour well number one that's why you need a chair and number two <laughs> just a, it's just a great feeling to you're just riding riding the clouds and riding the wind up there and yeah. man that's awesome that's that's relaxing and it's fun and it's again i'll use that same phrase it's just really cool to see that up there i agree so is it, is it pretty easy to get them to land where you want them to land then or no no, gosh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Refer back I to appreciate my... your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a, a dead stick where you never had a motor to begin with. So, exactly. yeah, that would be. Yeah, and you get one shot, and you get one shot at it. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's it right there. So a long runway is, is a great thing, and um, I'm much better at it now than I was five years ago or ten years ago, but always will be a challenge, I think. For me, anyways. A long runway and a pair of hiking boots. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Jim, you mentioned you got an Olympic on the on the build table. What, do you have anything else that you're working on right now? Well, I just um, I just finished uh, this one. Is, this one is fun. It's uh, made by a company. I think it was called um, Hobby Express. They're no longer in business. It's called a butterfly. And this happens to be a mini butterfly version. Um, my wife bought this one for me. I follow a group on, on Facebook uh, that's called the Balsa Model Aircraft Builders page. Yep. And, uh, and apparently I had commented, somebody had posted a picture about that particular plane and I had commented about that, that, that I had owned that a while back, a long time ago, and just really enjoyed the build on that and it flew great. And in one of my moves, it, it got damaged. And so I no longer had that one and, and my wife, as she was shopping for birthday gifts for me, came across that on Facebook. She was doing a little, little Facebook stocking for my uh, birthday gifts. And nice. uh, she saw that and she found one on eBay. So she grabbed it. And I was, I'm, 
I put that it's ready to fly and it, and it truly is, but, but it's still on the bench. It hasn't been flown yet. So it's, it's, it's next up, but that was a, yeah, that was a great plane to build about a 40 inch powered electric plane. I would consider probably a park flyer, super easy to fly. Nice build, a lot of fun, real happy with how it turned out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was my most recent one. Is that, is that, uh, so it's a butterfly. Is that designed based off the old um, craft air? kit i don't know if you remember uh, those the dynaflake is that craft air and well Dyna, yeah craft air and yeah. then dynaflake no, totally different okay yeah totally different from that it's um unbelievably simple build uh i've never seen this before before for the wings you put in a traditional main spar on it and then for the top of the rib in the instruction booklet they just ask you to crack the one eighth inch square balsa stick over that main spar oh, to okay. create the air Oh. It's, it's a, it's an elongated triangle airfoil. I'm not sure what technically that would be referred to, but it's, it's a very bizarre shape, uh, but super easy to build a lot of fun to build. And from my recollection anyways, was a really great slow flyer. And I can't wait to get this one up in the air. We will as, uh, as soon as weather permits. Yeah. We used to, we used to build airfoils like that when we were building airplanes out of the corrugated plastic way back when. So yeah, I'm familiar hmm. with what you're talking about. Pretty, pretty yeah, neat, that, uh, pretty neat idea. So do you prefer to build or fly Jim? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> probably build, Yeah. probably build. I, everything I've ever built, I've flown once at least. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, I got, you have to fly it once you build it. So you Absolutely. have to do that. Um, but man, I, yeah, I love the building process and I'm unbelievably slow at it on purpose. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah. No intention of rushing through the process. I love the process. So yeah, unbelievably slow and just enjoying my time in the shop and I'll watch a movie or whatever it may be during that process. And it's just a way to get away and do the thing I love. That's it. Yeah. And with a shop like that, why wouldn't you want to spend time in it? Right. <laughs> there you go. So I, I wanted to ask you too, really quick. So you're all electric. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on like name brand electric gear versus the Amazon stuff? Mm. Uh, so that's probably my weakness, uh, the electronics aspect of it. I'm, I'll play dumb on that one. I, I'm not good picking out the motors. I'm not good picking out the speed controls. And I'm going to go to whatever website or whatever source that I can find that makes that process the easiest for me. So I don't care if it's a $5 motor versus a $50 motor. It, whatever makes it easy for me to install and what works yeah. in my application is what I'm going to go with. Um, I've had great luck with all of them. Uh, I don't, I don't see much of a difference really in, especially for what I fly in performance. I mean, it doesn't make much of a difference on a 10 ounce all up weight little motor glider. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's not going to make a lot of difference for me. So whatever is easiest for me to purchase is pretty much where I'm at with that one. Yeah, yeah, Ron and I are both shaking our heads in well, agreement. <laughs> absolutely. Like there, there's so many people that are well, like you know, Reggie. He, we, he will be on. Uh, by the time this comes out, we'll have his episode out again. And we were talking to him, and he only buys name brand electronics. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't, I can't get on board with that. Just for some of the prices, you know, the price differences based on some of the Amazon stuff. It's you know, you're ten times more expensive for the same comparable thing, and I don't sure. see. I don't see anything making me want to spend the extra money on it. There's no quality difference discernibly that I can see. 
and there's no appearance difference for that type of item either. I mean, the motor is typically under the cowl and hidden. The exactly. speed control is, yeah. is tucked away. Now the radio equipment, that one, I'm not going to skimp on that one. I'm going to, I'm going to stick. Well, I use spectrum, uh, all okay. the spectrum products and the spectrum radio. I'm, I'm going to stay with that because I, I feel that although I have no experience with that as far as a glitch or a, or a fail, but maybe that's because I'm sticking with the brand name, but I'm going to stay with spectrum on that end. Yeah. And I, I agree with you hundred percent. Ron and I have, uh, experimented recently with, uh, with Amazon, uh, cheapo standard size servos and just terrible luck. So they all went back. Yeah. Uh, he sent his mm. back. I sent mine back. Um, I've already spent the credit actually, uh, <laughs> batteries for the chipmunk, but, but yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent when it comes to the radio gear, especially the receivers, I, I am not going to, I'm not going to skimp there. It depends on the plane. I still think each each plane has a you know if you're talking about a, a profile foamy that you don't really care about I don't care if I lose it because I have a ten dollar receiver in it as opposed to a fifty dollar receiver in it but for anything of of value either emotional value or you know monetary value then yeah I, I spend the money on the better ones yeah um, so what like what what uh, what radio do you fly with you said Spectrum but what what uh, what yeah, I have the DX8. I think it's the Generation Two right now. Um, okay. Really interested in upgrading that and, and going, making the next step. But the IX12, um, I can't avoid seeing everything online where people are having issues with it along the way. So I don't know if that's my next step. I think I'm kind of waiting for something else to come out. But it'll likely still be Spectrum because I really like what I have now. But yeah. we'll see what they come out with. Well, if you're interested in my perspective, I own an IX-12, excuse me, mm -hmm. and I graduated from a Gen 1 DX-8. If, oh, I, okay. if I had it to do all over again, I would just buy the DX-18 or the DX-20 or whatever they're up to now. Um, okay. I like the IX-12, I really do, but it's too smart for me, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I don't like the fact that uh, it's, it's and, w and when I say glitchy, I don't mean glitchy as far as the the radio link performance. I'm talking the the menus and the and the waiting for it to boot up and sometimes it, you know, the the software sort of hangs up at certain places, not the same place every time either. So that gets to me, an old guy that's not very patient, uh, gets frustrating to me. So if you don't like that sort of issue and you like the thing to just turn on when you turn the switch on and work without having to go through all those menus, um you know, maybe the NX or the DX series might be might be a better option. If I had it to do all over again, I would do, I would go that route. But that's just me. Well, there's ironic, since he's the one. Tom is the one that pushed me to get the I IX12. I did not push you into <laughs> getting the IX12. You yeah, bought that all on your own. When I was looking at that, when you're like, "Oh, mine's great. There's nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. You're gonna love it." Yeah. Now the truth comes out. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad radio. Yeah. I'm just saying for me. You're you're tech savvy. I'm not. Well, so here here's what I can compare that to. Have you ever used a modern computer and then for some reason had to go use a, a ten year old computer to where you're used to things opening, you know, quickly. You open an internet browser, it comes right up. And then you go to this old computer and you go to open the same thing and you wait ten seconds and then it appears. It does the same thing, 
but there's a little bit of a delay in the software because the processor is not nearly as, yeah, that's a as good powerful analogy. as it should be. Yeah. That is how I see the iX12. Okay. Now, when I'm in, kind of like you were saying, when I'm in the actual um, software, the airware software, I've never had a problem with actually controlling an airplane. Oh, right. Me either. It does get laggy sometimes when you're trying to go from screen to screen. Now, you shouldn't be able to do this on, on a transmitter, but if you're trying to watch YouTube videos, which you can do on the iX12, yeah. there's a little lag on that too, but it works fine. Speakers work fine. Yeah. It's like using an old computer or an old cell phone. I guess that's another way to look at yeah. it, like a, an outdated Galaxy S4 as opposed to the the new one. That's a good analogy. That's uh, that's exactly very accurate how I would should have described it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's just kind of how. But I the capability at it. of the radio is, I mean, no question, the radio is smarter than me. Like it can do so <laughs> many things. Like I am just scratching the surface of the capability of this yeah. radio. So anyway, if you're looking for input, there you go, Jim. <laughs> yeah, no, good. That was good. So Jim, do you got any big plans coming up? Like we're, you know, we've been talking about this Toledo show that, like Ron said, by the time this comes comes out, we will have already gone. But uh, do you have any big plans coming up? Uh, RC related in your future? I I don't really. I'm just going to, I got to get my workshop back in order. Um, I don't know if we, I think we may have mentioned that. Maybe that was off air, but. Um, no, that was beforehand. So what, what, what happened to your, uh, what happened to your shop? Yeah. So um, about three or four weeks ago, we had about give or take three feet of snow on the ground. And one Friday, the temperature hit about 65 and we got about an inch of rain and uh, yeah, the basement just kind of filled up with some water. So the shop is a bit under construction right now as we replace the carpeting. Nothing was damaged as far as any of any of my equipment or really very little furniture. Only a few pieces were damaged. But yeah, we got to get that back in order. So that's that's on my to-do list right there. And uh, that'll be done in the next few weeks. And once that happens, then we'll wrap up some some loose ends on some projects and start some new ones. And then really just get out there and start flying some more when the weather breaks and I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. That will be awesome. Yep. We're, yeah. we're looking forward to that too. We've had like the tease of yeah. warm weather hit, but the warm weather has been accompanied with either rain or high winds. High winds. Yeah. And that's been, and that's what I have right now. I'm, I'm sitting by a window here and it's probably about 65 degrees, but mm. unbelievably windy and it's raining. So that's yeah. a no go for me. Yeah, we had we had seventy four yesterday, I think, <laughs> yeah. and then today is what fifty three. Yeah, or yeah, it was. Maybe well, that was the day before. No, yesterday. actually, it was it was, was uh, anyway. thirty seven this morning when I when we started our run. Ouch. Yeah, thirty. See, that's why and I don't, windy. That's and why I don't also run. Also rainy, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, not good flying weather. No, not really. But it's no, coming. That's when you pull out the simulator. I was just getting ready to say that it's good <laughs> simulator weather. Yep. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You got to keep your skills intact. That's right. So. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, Jim, is, this has been kind of fun. Is there yeah. anything else that uh, that you want to talk about or feel we should cover? No, I think that was awesome. This is uh, my first time on a podcast, my first time meeting you guys, and both I'll give a thumbs up. That was awesome. <laughs> All right. Oh, cool. Well, we'd well, like to you. hear that. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we will have seen you in Toledo, maybe. Hopefully that'd be Pretty cool. Hopefully, you know, Ron and I will see all four of our listeners in uh, Toledo. That'd be, I'll have my RC Plane Lab swag on and Ron might also. So, yeah, you, you have our, our text or uh, uh, cell number from the uh, the one that we give out, the A18 
blah blah blah. I don't have it memorized. Eight one eight three five one nine eight four six. Good for you. That's oh. impressive. I just happen to have it right here. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, so yeah, if you make it, like we yeah. are going to be there Friday all day, uh, and Saturday also. Okay. So text us, and we'll we'll meet up somewhere if we don't run into each other otherwise. Yeah, Jim. Thanks for oh, a- thanks for agreeing to be on the show. Um, uh, it's been yeah, it's been actually really a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it went I like fast. getting this. Pre- it really did. It doesn't seem like it was been an it's hour. It's been an hour. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Well, yeah, again, thanks, Jim. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, and then yeah, if you see us in Toledo, make sure you come over and say hi. All right. All righty. Will do. And Take care, fellas. All right. You betcha. Until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. You can say it, Jim. Oh, yeah. I'm Jim. Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.